Praise God. I know that's right. No matter how hard it gets. Thanks for calling home for me. We haven't finished yet. There's so much of life ahead. No, honestly, OBO looked at me at a table and was like, you know, me and they aren't best friends. And I just kind of hurt. It hurt me. What was it? What's it about to say that? Wait, he said y'all are not best friends? Yeah. When I said she made that up. She literally just made that up. We were at That never happened. We were at breakfast and he looked me dead in my face. Breakfast like, we're where? not best friends or anything. Where's she? Are you talking <laughs> about? I don't care where she said. I, I believe her because one time Obio looked me in my face and said, "I mean, we're just because friends." And oh, I was like, yo, you hate us. Yeah, he does. You hate us. Mm-hmm. That's not- what, is it, what is a just because friend? What does that even mean, sister? I mean, you, you tell it. me you looked me in my face and was like, I mean, we're just What's because up, friends. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show, man. <laughs> we are so happy and hyped to be in here today. My God, today. Wow. Y'all feeling all right? Terrible. If you hate no us, just say that. No matter how hard it We haven't finished Yes, God. Ooh, maintenance check. Do How I, y'all feeling? Do I hear a sing off coming on? Okay. Oh. <laughs> no. Next episode. <laughs> next episode. Be ready. Mm. How you feeling? What's going on? Linda, you want to start? Or what's mm. up? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, well, before we get into the maintenance check, I did want to address our very short episode last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the vibe got real serious real quick. And of course, we were talking about something serious, but it became very personal very quick. Fair. And. Obio, you shared some stuff with us that I was super grateful for. It was it was valuable to be in the room and listen to you speak. Mm. Um, and as you were talking, I decided that we were done because I feel like there comes a time when you are an ally. There's only so much you can say to a thing, and you don't have to get on the mic and say anything. And sometimes it's just best to sit back and listen. And so I definitely hope that conversation can continue, you know, when it's brought back up. But yeah was really grateful to hear and learn from you. So I just wanted to touch on that. Any yeah, other I thought that emotional back, the emotional background of that was necessary. You know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think about policies and we think about uh, what needs to happen and the change. And sometimes you lose the heart of the people. Mm-hmm. And I think the episode kind of showed, like at least my heart in that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it was necessary. So I... I I agree that the conversation needs to be had in a way that has a little bit less emotion, but I am glad that that emotion was brought out because I think it's also a necessary additive to the conversation. Agreed. Would that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I wasn't saying we didn't need the emotion. I just, you know. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Uh-huh. Also, just modeling when to read the room. Fair. Right. You know. For sure. So, I know people will really enjoy that episode, and I don't think anybody cares that it was short, but because it was significantly shorter than what we usually do. Just wanted to um, give our little two cents on that because it was very organic, yeah. you know, which is great. I even cursed. Y'all know I'm a child of God. It's a witness check. What's going on? <laughs> Other than that, uh-huh. I'm doing fun and fancy free, you know. I feel good. How was your weekend? Mm-hmm. Well, weekend, fantastic. We went to go see Beyonce. Are we going to get into her? Yes. Are All we, right, so I'll hold leave those my time. We're going to Beyonce? We will. Mm-hmm. Can we get into Sim or is that an offline conversation? Ooh, we can get into Sim. Let's do it. <clears throat> because, because this could be a teachable, a friend, a friend teachable moment. Tease, this is a friend teachable moment, yes. Uh, uh, because, because me and Lene also talked, and yes. Okay. Think, no, go ahead. No. <laughs> Say so, your piece. You first, please. Say your piece. Wait, how? We keeping it real I, I, with I, these people, right? Are we, are we keeping it back and breathe? Are we keeping yeah. it like, okay. Remember the lady 
We keep, keep it real. It real. <laughs> I just want to say to everybody on this line right now, do I, I do not keep it. Well, you do keep it real. I do not keep it real. <laughs> I keep it black. And by virtue of keeping it black, I keep it real. But okay. I keep it black and I keep it brief. I love you all. We were at we were leaving like, church. You keep it real, you keep it true. One of those type of people. We were leaving church. It okay. happens so often. And I didn't even hear, you keep it real, right? Is all I heard in my, and I was like, what? And I heard again, hey, you keep it real? Huh? <laughs> yes, that's me. Like the enthusiasm was just gone because, and the other, it's not even, oh, you got to get my line right. I say it every episode. It's y'all's favorite part. It's you ask else. me to put it on the shirts. <laughs> I've never said I keep it real. <laughs> I think, right, if it, I think if it's coupled by like a, somebody else likes her, I could see it. Like my daughter loves you, my, but if you say I love you, and not know the tagline is a little even if you don't read, <laughs> even if you don't watch the whole video, like, come on. I literally say it at the beginning of every single less than two seconds in. It is interesting though. With, like I'm with Lene because we're we both kind of do similar things but very different things. So like I love you is. I never know who I love you is for <laughs> between me, her, and I. And I don't want to look corny being like, thank you. And they're talking, they're talking to me. <laughs> I don't be looking up sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going like, to put a name on it. I'm going to wait till I hear a name. Like, I love your work. And we're both like kind of walking like, who's work? Because <laughs> I don't want to get like, thank you. Working. Who are you? <laughs> or can I get a picture? I'm like, sure. Oh, not. I'll take it. Got <laughs> it bear, and bear I sing. Idea. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you would have seen those moments up close. Mm-hmm. So, guys, Had you been mm-hmm. I know the shade is so thick for those of you listening. Oh, yes, my friends are shading me mm-hmm. because I had a real moment of. Ha- <laughs> it's their faces for me. I had a real moment of having to understand my friends really love me for real. Like, and they really do appreciate having me around and doing things with me. And. Uh- <laughs> If your looks could kill me, I would be on the floor. I'm just De- listening. Put it on the floor. I'm just listening. Um, let me let you give your things before I say anything. What? Well, I I sat with it though, right? Okay. okay so I, Are we gonna tell the people what it was? <laughs> okay. Boom. So wait. No. Okay. I, let I'm me like, let me should, yeah. Yes. I should say I should say it. Sure. Oh my gosh. So basically, y'all, Beyonce tickets, right? There was this thing on TikTok. They were telling the girls like, if you buy Beyonce tickets, they uh they're gonna be cheaper. Yada yada yada. Cool, great. So our friend Lene is like, we going to see Beyonce. I'm real quiet in a group chat because y'all going to see Beyonce. <laughs> I'm not going to see Beyonce. So we get on a little. It's group- also clarified because we wanted floor seats. Yes, they wanted to be in Club Renaissance. Mm-hmm. So which we did not even do, but that's okay. That's nice. Okay. okay. So then I get the phone call. All right, y'all, we looking at the tickets. I'm like, I'm so happy for my friends. They're about to go see Beyonce. This is crazy. Um, I'm like, girl, I looked at the tickets too. They was given 1200 and it was cute for them. And so my friend Lene is like, actually, they was given 800 800 really sound like 1200 in the season to me. So it's the same. So, of course, friends being friends are like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, we got you. Like, we just want you to come. We just want you to pull up. And the ego and pride in me was like, I'm going to sit this one out. No, thank you, friends. And we were just like, but why? (laughs) What do you mean? Yes. And so after I got off the phone with them and everything, I really like when I say I, I overthought this for so long, like, 
but they're your friends. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But no, I don't want to be that friend that's like, I don't want to be the broke friend. I don't want to be the friend who, you know what I'm saying, um, yeah. just can't do this or can't do that. And so I was, like, really down on myself. And OBO called me, and he's like, Sam, if I'm gifting you a ticket, I'm not understanding why you're not taking it. And I'm like, because, like, I don't want to be, like, the charity friend. And he's like, no, Sim, that's that's not charity. That's friendship. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it was, I really wish I was there with my friends. But it was also a learning moment for me that, yeah. you know, as people, especially entrepreneurs, influencers, like, you have up seasons, you got down seasons. Like, no, that's yeah. right. Listen. Okay. <laughs> and, um... It was just a reminder that, you know, I finally do have really good friends in my life. And I have to allow my friends to be friends the same way that if it was me, I would have done the same thing for y'all without thinking. I probably wouldn't have even asked. I would have just, you know, yeah. what are we going with? And so, like, I apologize. I didn't allow you guys to be my friends. <laughs> nah, and you do good. the things okay. with me. So. Yeah. I think as I sat on it, too, I think I have, <clears throat> I think it was moments where it's like there's, there's a point to be made on both sides. You feel mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Cause I think even for me, I used to police how my friends friended me. There's yeah. probably better language, right? But in a sense of you can set boundaries, right? Not saying this mm -hmm. is that moment, but you can set a boundary and it doesn't mean that we're not friends. Cause I think I was just immediately just offended. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, why would you think I would ever hold it against you? Bring it well, up. Well, because you called her a just because friend. <laughs> and that is true. That's why we got to put the real thing. Okay. So that's why, because it was given just because. <laughs> But I'm, like, hey, I'm just like, you know, like I would never like what? The? And I told you on the phone, I was like, yo, if I'm if I ain't got it, I hope you try to figure right. out how to get it to me. If we friends, like let me know how to make right. the take, you know. But I but I get it. I, I really do wish you were there. But yeah, I mean, you know, next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fine. Maybe yeah. we'll go see her in New Orleans or something. Mm -hmm. Oof, and then if I was there, they wouldn't have been calling y'all a couple because we would have been a trio. Which is so insane. I do apologize. But, but, but I was really me. giving straight tease in the beginning. And though. it pissed me off every time. The it's guy, the guy was like, "Hey, bro, no disrespect, bro, no disrespect." I was like, "No, you good." I'm saying, like, <laughs> "She know where home is." <laughs> you. <laughs> it was like the. It's also just witnessing the patriarchy at work because we were on our way down the escalator. Everyone's looking at the ground because that's the direction we're headed in, and right. I hear. Oh, your locks are dope, or something like that. And it was like a delayed reaction because I didn't know he was talking to me. But I guess me and Obio turned around at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so then was like, oh, nah, bro, no disrespect, your queen. <laughs> and that is what got me to walking off the escalator early. What you know, did Obio started... do? Because I know he's a character. He played straight. Okay. Nah, bro, it's cool. She nah, good. So like, good. Nah, she nah, good. Nah, good. <laughs> and then the guy was like, are you going to lock your hair to me? I was like, nah, she ain't going for that. She don't want me to lock my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, which is not a lie. So. Anyways, to the to the friend conversation as well, just my last little two cents, what I share with Sam, which is also helpful, I think, for the people to hear, um, is that I said you got to know, especially if we're offering something like this, knowing that Floor Seats for Beyonce is like a one expensive thing, but also a meaningful thing. Like we value your company more than we value your season, mm. you know? Um, so, yeah, girl. That's bring cool. your ass. And that was to everybody listening who's ever been told to bring their ass. Bring your ass. <laughs> yeah, bring your ass. Yeah, but Let's maintenance check on y'all. Yeah, weekend week was good. Went to the concert. Church was good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the church was good. Mm -hmm. like, I we, heard the sermon, I know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we've we been going to change, guys. Uh, mm -hmm. Pastor Daniels. Um, and this has been good. Like, just 
<laughs> really just, I don't know, just gets me really good. So now I, we have to go at nine because now you just told the people and made it even more. Okay, like, uh, for, Thanks. Listen. Nah, they only letting new people watch on uh, <laughs> streaming. Y'all didn't hear that. Yeah, stream it first, guys. Stream it for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you got to have your, your registration on your license plate to get in the parking lot. So. Parking lot. Yeah. But yeah, yeah catch them on streaming. Weekend was good. I'm good. Um, life is good. I'm going on vacation next yeah. week for like eight days, which is going to be so much fun. And yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. What up, Sam? Oh my God. Sim has been having the best time ever. I'm not going to lie. I know, that's right. Sim is definitely in her fine season. Ooh. I like and that green you had on too. That was good. Thank you. I think green might be mm-hmm. a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. I used to have a friend. I used to have her. She's still my friend. I had a friend <laughs> that used to live here, and every year on her birthday, she cho- she was a Capricorn. She chose a color, mm. and so she would make that like sometimes she would do green, orange, depending on like what she wants to manifest that year. So I think mm. I might be um, doing that. But it's been a really cool time, guys. Um, I've just been really focusing on my content creator stuff and my things to do on Atlanta page and having a lot of fun on there. They are still dragging me for filth on uh, my viral post. Um, I talked. <laughs> I said, if he don't, uh, if you live in Atlanta and he doesn't take you out, he doesn't take you seriously. Mm-hmm. And then I put 20 dates under $20 that you can go to. Like, just to show, like, dating is easy. Of course, the beginning was just a joke. The men did not find it funny. Yeah. To this They're very upset. moment, they are dragging me. Um, somebody said I would never take a female who wore crew socks seriously because I did have my crew socks um, in the video. Crew socks. (laughs) So it's been an interesting time. Um, I want you to know that was a compliment, Sam. They looked you up and down and and said, fine, body. The only thing I can speak on is these crew socks. (laughs) (laughs) I responded dying laughing because um, I was like, okay, I thought I got those from Whole Foods and they're really Mm. soft and I thought they was cute. Mm -hmm. But Neither here nor there. So um, it's been a really great weekend, a really great time. Um, all things are good. All things are working out for my good. So I'm I'm really happy. So yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. What about you, friend? We did it. You gave her. Oh, you gave yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was slight. Uh-huh. We did. We started talking about Beyonce. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah. early, but mm-hmm. no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm keeping on, keeping on. Um, keeping it real. Working. <laughs> <laughs> Working on um, a routine, so getting up, doing things consistently, like spending mm. time off of my phone, stretching, mm-hmm. um, back doing Pilates. So we'll see how long okay. it keeps up. And instead of writing like weekly schedule over the schedule I drew it for myself, I put schedule attempt to give myself, yeah, <laughs> give grace. myself grace. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, yeah. So yeah. I love that. Phrase. Time for. Niggas online. Y'all just gonna skip that's the customer crazy. service. Oh, oh, oh that's crazy. So very sorry. Customer service. Customer service. We get service. We get service. Mm-hmm. Moving along. All right. Let's see. What does it say? Uh, what? Do to do. She didn't give a um anonymous name so we're gonna call her sue sue i was gonna say sue but okay it doesn't matter her name is sue (laughs) all right i am in an interracial relationship and find that my spouse does not understand 
many deep-rooted conservative beliefs of mine or my family. Mm. I don't know if the sentence was written correctly. Yeah. Um, Cause I think- He's conservative. He's conservative. Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause the next sentence is, yes, he watches Fox. Whew. All right, there is mutual love between us. I find that in private and public settings, he works, speaks on manufactured beliefs about black people and thinks I shouldn't align with them because I don't look black anyway. To add to the mess, he sees black people treat me like an outsider when we are together. Fix it, Jesus, customer service. And I I think it would be more helpful to us if we knew what the races were here, Um, because I'm a little lost. Well, she's biracial. Well, she's... She didn't say what she is. Oh, okay. She didn't say what she's mixed with. Mm-hmm. Okay. She said she's mixed? She didn't say she anything. Said she... she said well, she well, a, she she's in an interracial relationship. There is a picture of her, but if looking black means that she is part black or just light-skinned, then we can assume that about her. Oh, I get what you're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. She's racially ambiguous. Is that what we're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We just don't know what he is. We could assume he's white, but he could also be Hispanic. But he could be anything because, mm-hmm. as we know, listen, as we know, especially if they've been in law enforcement, it's some individuals of color that mm-hmm. think the same way about black people. Uncle Ruckus. As the folks on Fox do. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to your problem. Okay. Can I go first? My, my advice is short. Okay. Leave them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Marriage is tough. So oh, I was trying to him? find, yeah, I was trying to find other. Oh, oh I thought wait, she was wait, just wait. dating him. Got it. Okay. She's... It says spouse. So that led me to believe that was marriage. Mm. So if you are not married, get out of there. Yeah. 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 If you're not married, go ahead and. Yeah. Now. Today. Just leave. Yeah. Because I thought the fight was lost because I read spouse to mean husband okay. when you said, yes, he watches Fox. I was like, well, girl, how did we get here? If he's mm-hmm. your husband, watch his Fox. If he's just your partner, get out of there right now. Yeah. I think we'd be surprised to know how many women date men who have very ugly beliefs mm-hmm. um, and stay with them because, you know, we either feel like we can fix them, which in some cases you can educate your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of men, I don't want to discriminate, but we learn it in real time. Mm-hmm. In my experience, a lot of straight men are usually very ignorant to the experiences of others because, you know, they have the privilege to, to focus on themselves and to um, not really have to look at other people's plights. So I know me being in a relationship, um, there's been many a times when I first started dating my partner where I was like, absolutely not. You cannot think that way. And there's so many things that I'm teaching him now. Now, The issue is with it having to do with race and who you are and how you identify, that's why I don't care if you're married or you are in a relationship with him. He's showing you that there's a part of you Mm -hmm. that he does not respect Mm -hmm. or have intentions to respect. Mm -hmm. It will never, unless you are just faking it till you, you know, make it. There's never going to be a true acceptance for who you are unless he decides to put, you know, his prejudice to the side. Yeah. So I think we're all on the same page of, go ahead. Yeah. Get up out of there. You laid it out very nicely. Um, My point was going to be, girl, that's a part of your identity. And I think this is less about him and more about you, if I'm being honest, Um, because you then have to decide what's a boundary for you. 
and to be in relationship with this person means that they have other qualities that you enjoy that may mean that may have value enough to you to make this something that you are currently dealing with um but you got to decide what about you is valuable for you to make this a yes or a no or a deal breaker so yeah those mm-hmm. are my thoughts i do feel like there is a little bit of exception happening here that i, I, I don't know if I have enough time to explore it in this conversation right now but i kind of understand this a little bit more as i read it again just because i think about how a lot of us are probably exceptions the difference, I think, is that he's putting language to mouth. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you're a pretty or palatable black. That's why I like you. I would never say that, mm-hmm. but a lot of people feel that way about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why it's my sexuality. I think a lot of people feel like you're a more palatable gay. You're more like a gay person I can manage to deal with and be mm-hmm. around. They'll never tell me that, but I, I can kind of feel that in certain instances. Right. And it sounds like she's saying, he's saying, you're one of the good kind of blacks. That's why I'm cool with you being yeah. black. You don't look that black. You don't act that black. So I'm mm-hmm. cool with your blackness. Again, and I don't think he's alone in this, in this sentiment. I just think that, it's, right. that he just said it out loud. And so now mm-hmm. she's like, why you can just kept that as a thing that you just thought about for the rest of our lives and just never made mention of? Because again, a lot of guys think that way. Not even just straight guys, just people in general mm-hmm. are like, you are the better version of the marginalization group. Stop bringing all that up in here. <laughs> but that's why I think, that's why I said it's more about a her thing than a him thing because what his opinions are, like are decided. Yes, you can do work to educate someone, but you being black, we, if we can assume from this message that you have blackness inside mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. and you are with someone who actively speaks on like what you said, these manufactured beliefs, it's only so much arguing you can do before you have to consider how much I'm gonna let this person, how much longer I'm gonna let this person in my bed, share my space, share my things. Like like Sim said, it's a part of you he does not like. And that has to, at some point, be a catalyst for you to make a decision. Because I don't think he's gonna change that. He got with you not liking that part of you. He got with you making that an exception. Mm-hmm. And be honest if you also think of yourself in that same way. Like, if we're going to keep it all the way real, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I, I think sometimes, even for some people who are black, may think of themselves as the, 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 the more palatable, the more exception, the more whatever. And that could have been a lure for you as well. Like, I think sometimes mm-hmm. people kind of, like, not pick me, but, like, very pick me adjacent to, like, interracial relationships. Yeah. And I just wonder if that was kind of the case, too. So maybe do, like, a little bit of inventory on yourself. Like, did mm-hmm. I kind of coach give him into that. thinking this way did i give like mm-hmm. i don't do and i don't be over and i ain't, i don't understand i don't wrap my hair at night did you kind of give those kind of things or mm. did he just pull him out of his wagon so we'll see I, yeah i just wanted to say also because i have a friend whose partner is racist and i think that people don't also understand like how difficult that is to experience like for your loved ones or even as you have like family members who may not be that good whatever it is that you are but that more like um the version that he's saying that you don't have to necessarily associate yourself with what about what happens when you begin to associate yourself or begin to just open up to him more people that that present differently um it can just be a really difficult thing so i think that even if you don't want to leave him, there has to be some kind of therapy, some type of deep talk about you don't get to box me into the type of person you want to be. My identity is my identity. And you have to accept that if you're going to be in a relationship with me. So, period. Yeah. yeah and for you to tell me that I shouldn't align with, <laughs> that I shouldn't align with manufactured beliefs, that was the part was it? 
Yeah, I don't know. And this was making it hard for me to form my complete opinion because I'm trying to make sure I know what she's saying. Mm -hmm. But just for anyone to tell me that I shouldn't align with something because I don't look black is crazy. Like, you don't want me to be black. You don't want me to want me to be black. That's gross. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That is gross. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it highlights his opinion of blackness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to be one of those. Mm -hmm. And then what? <laughs> to the last part of the question to add to the mess, he sees black people treating like an outsider when we are together. Um, oh, I can see that. I can probably affirm that for her. No? I, I can see that. I can see that being a thing. Um, well, do they treat her like an outsider or do they treat them like outsiders? Yeah, I think it's a them thing. I think it's a them thing, too. I think it's not even people see interracial relationships and just kind of just not really into it. Mm -hmm. um, I, that's a community. Like, the, the, the solve for that, I think, is more of a community thing. Because um, you can tell when... And I'm you trying can to tell speak when you carefully. You bring your white boyfriend around and he don't really want to be around. That's what I got. I was going to say that, but you can also tell when there is a black with a group of non-blacks and they've chosen that for a reason. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yes. you know, even if that's not your reason, yeah. people do sometimes conflate that experience and mm. generalize that. So I think the answer to that is just community and figuring out and finding ways. And, that, and that's if you want, um, but that's a, that's a social thing that I think is going to continue to be a point of contention because of people like your spouse. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Fair. Moving along. Two. You should move along. Too. Good luck, Sudo. Good luck, Sudo. Oh. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I was trying to do a cool segue. Niggas online. Obio hated it. That was, so that was horrible. <laughs> that. But you what? know what is No, no, no. Pause. Pause. Oh. No, 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 no. One thing I hate that Lene does is about, is about to piss me off because I'm pissed off right now. What? I'm like, I'm, I'm like living. I wish you guys could see my face. I can't. He is shaking. I, my, my, my hand is clenched because like, it pisses me off. I hate when she casually negates that shit. It makes me. What? That was horrible. That was horrible. All right, guys, listen. If she catch, like, you could be bleeding. You're bleeding. All right, cool. So, listen. What? That is that not. That is so high. That be. is like, like, hey, your breath stinks. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you, <laughs> you can't dwell on things for too long. That is the understanding. You can't dwell on things for too That's how embarrassment sets in. Oh, if it gets piano keys, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. What? <laughs> and I won't. And don't. And let's not explain what the piano keys even mean. Let's keep it pushing. Okay, what were you saying, Lene? I was going to say, well, what isn't dry? Is the niggas online this week? Period. Take it away, Sam. <laughs> so, this is crazy, y'all. The tea is really, really hot today, and I'm really excited to get into it because I don't know what's going on in the world mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So, in the words of Conscious Lee, he said, What in the 12 years of slave is going on? So, do y'all remember the movie Blindside? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those of you who don't remember, Blindside, Sandra Bullock, white family brings in this big black boy. She helps him become a star athlete, yada, yada, yada. Um, I hope your memories are refreshed right now. So it turns out that they took advantage of his learning disability. The and I don't want to say person. the actual person. Michael um, Orr. Yes, Michael Orr. And they tricked him. He was 18 at the time. They tricked him into signing an agreement that gave him that gave them rights over his finances. So that entire movie they're saying is a lie. And they are also saying that um, he is just now being able to speak up about it because there were so many legal things attached to it. 
and this family has made millions. Their kids have made millions, and he has made nothing. That's wild. That's insane. So they're saying it's, it was a conservatorship very similar to the Britney, Britney Spears. Spears situation. And for mm-hmm. those of you guys who don't know what a conservatorship is, um, this is a type of agreement that is usually in place for people who may have some kind. They're not capable of managing their own finances due to either their age or because they have some kind of like mental disability or some impairment that stops them from just being able to take care of things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. This um, thing on ESPN says, Orr's pe- petition asked the court to end the Tui's conservatorship and to issue an injunction barring them from using his name and likeness. It also seeks a full accounting of the money the Tui's earned using Orr's mm-hmm. name and to have the couple pay him his fair share of profits. And that's where I have to pause because fair share? Maybe... Give it all to me. Maybe you have a management fee. Maybe you brokered a deal. Okay. 10 to 15%, I could see them arguing in court. You still do, did it mm-hmm. against my will and to my detriment. That's so my man's suffering. No, give me, all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So give me all of my things. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. As well as unspecified compensation compensatory and punitive Damn. damages who and the two family did not immediately return calls to espn on monday and you know this is really sad because i like sandra bullock this wait what that's <laughs> <laughs> a white lady i can't i'm not gonna say i can get behind but i enjoy I, no but i'm we're joking. not gonna do this with her i'm joking um <laughs> but they did eventually come out and respond the, the family the family they said um, they're denying that this has happened. For sure. And they love him just as much as they did when he was 16. And they don't hold this against him. You don't hold the fact that you made a whole bunch of money against me. Noble. Yeah. What would we're you not, we're what, not holding why, that What would you hold against me? We understand how yeah. you feel, but we're not holding that against you. We won't hold it against you. That you would publicly on our, on our yacht that we paid stand for, we up hold, with for your money. Correct. Okay. Well, thanks, so, thanks, family. Appreciate it. What are the comments saying? A lot. Oh, are they? What side are they on? They're no. on the side of him. They're on his side. Okay, praise God. So Casa, Casa of House says, "I'm a big Ravens fan, so I'm familiar with Michael Orr outside of the movie. The way they portrayed him in this film is absolutely disrespectful. They made him look like a big oaf who barely understood his playing assignments and needed childish comparison to get him to protect the quarterback. I was baffled at how dumb they made him look." So none of this shocks me at all. Mm. Mm-hmm. I am the queen of shade says they farmed him. P.S. This is a narrative that we all know too, that we know all too well. He was probably not able to break his silence sooner due to the contracts that he signed. I've seen this a lot in my business, the music industry. These sorts of contracts are meant to silence the talent. Then when they are able to speak about it, everyone bullies them having no freaking idea of the contractual stipulations that surrounded their abilities. Public opinion kills these court cases faster than a judge ever could. And that's the point, to make him look crazy and like he was an accomplice. I wish people did more reading and studying instead of judging. Mm. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And I won't read all of the next one, but another one that offers a lot of context. Welcome to our welcome. The adoption industry, a.k.a. the human trafficking industry. Mm. I am a what? A sold, sold Indian. I am mm-hmm. a sold Indian to white people Ooh, in the U.S. And everything you think you know about adoption is from the billion dollar 
for-profit business. Many of us aren't orphans and we were sold for money outside of the U.S. Mm. Ooh, my Lord. This is nasty. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And I've, I've heard it's expensive to adopt a child. Like, parents who seek adoption, like, have mm-hmm. to pay a lot of fees. Yeah. To do that, I just never imagined it, what those fees go to, you know? Um, or just, like, the other side of it, the inverse of that. I don't even have. Someone else says that um, it wasn't in here where it was, like, it gives, like, the white savior complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Even when I did watch the movie, it was way too cringy for me. It was just way too cringy for me. Um, Just as a black person who is versed in history, like, I'm not about to watch, you know, this talented human being be put in a position of because this white woman came and saved him, now all of a sudden he was able to make it. Like, it takes a lot of talent and hard work to be able to get into professional sports. So just this also, as that first comment said, it does not surprise me that there was more behind the story because I always thought there was just a little bit more to it. It's just very unfortunate that everybody has different ways that they may learn, communicate, or understand things. And there are people, some of your smartest friends don't know how to read contracts. That's why we have to hire lawyers. Contracts are very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. So imagine being 18, having a learning disability, and reading that someone is going to take you in and adopt you only to find out that you were never adopted, that they were using you for capital gain. That's crazy. Yeah. And heartbreaking. Mm. We knew it was, we knew it was a white savior trope, the film itself. And we just thought it was based off a white savior narrative um, that happened to be true, which is true, but I don't think any of us could have expected it was like this. Mm-hmm. And what were y'all thinking? Like you, y'all were literally they they stealing get away from with it. This. That's what they were thinking. Correct. Sure. They thought they could get away with it. Got it. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. said, "Let's pick a black boy who's gonna make some money with his body, and take all the money." It's not a new idea, actually. Yeah, and then yeah. He'll, be, he'll be grateful for the m- amount of money that he has. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. He still made some he's money. Gonna have way more than he would have had had we not had we him. not right. You don't have as much Ooh. as you would have had if we hadn't stole from you, but you would have had as more you would have had if you didn't. The entitlement is crazy to me. This is why folks get whacked over the head with chairs, but moving along. Speaking of folks who got whacked over the head with chairs, Kiki. Oh! <laughs> uh, wait, what? Okay. <laughs> if I was this man, is he even on social media anymore? I don't, I don't know. know. Nobody knows because nobody knew to begin with. Anyway, I thought it was enough when she was like day after day after day stepping on our necks with these pictures the hair Mm -hmm. was on point the makeup was on point she was just giving like she was in this feature and that feature doing this and i was like all right we get it Mm -hmm. we got it Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. yeah what i love about it (laughs) is that kiki said oh i'm not addressing any of that i'm be here with my baby i'm gonna continue to look fine for the trailer to drop (laughs) And you let Usher Raymond say, I heard your boyfriend was looking for me, is nuts. It's insane. <laughs> it's nuts, and I love it. Y'all yes. learn to stop speaking. There is public. a bomb in Gilead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for those of you who do not know, um, Kiki just dropped a um, 
it's giving trailer because it's a movie at this point. Mm-hmm. She has a music video coming up um, on. Wait, today's the sixteenth. It's nah, tomorrow. Today's the fifteenth. Today's the fifteenth. Okay, she has a music video coming out tomorrow. It's already a number one hit. Um, we've all <laughs> just accepted that. So her and Usher are dropping a song, and all all we heard, everything else was on mute. All we heard was, "I heard your boyfriend is looking for me." That gives me is a has a fight happened? Yeah, because- that's you make a good point there because the, it was on mute. We heard doom, 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 like so much visuals. Oh, things are happening. She's giving us blue in the hair. I heard your boyfriend was looking for me. Oh my god! Lit. Well, moving along. <laughs> No, but this is great. Thank you, Kiki. We <laughs> as, we can only aspire. Thank you for your talents and gifts and game-changing activities ever since the B. So, um, yeah. Someone said, girl, she played chess and not checkers. Yeah. No, that's right. I don't even know if she's playing chess because she's playing a game that a lot of us don't even know the rules to mm-hmm. and don't have the pieces for. She's playing like, Battleship. She's playing Battleship. <laughs> she is making moves that can't nobody see until they've been hit. Somebody said, oh, my God, Kiki, Kiki, bumba clot. When I tell you I sprint into the comments, I nearly collapse on the floor because why would you throw us a plot twist like this? This dumb Virgo tendencies you're talking about because we are shook and we are. Mm-hmm. The internet is going to be in a pandemonium. We already are. We're in a frenzy. Yeah. Thank you for that. You know, last week it was the brawl. This week, Kiki got her mink minks in. and Her just- mink minks. <laughs> I just, you know, if if a member from the black community could give us some type of saving grace once a week, we could use it and we'd appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Mink Mink is insane. <laughs> Eric Beignet is um, also insane. Eric Beignet? I don't. I think that went over. Beignet? You know who Eric Beignet is? Mm-hmm. This person's name is Eric Beignet. Oh, yeah. I just. Oh, okay. Like Sorry. Treat. It's okay. So, BTL just happened. That's what they was calling it when Beyonce hit up ATL. Mm. And congratulations, Atlanta. Especially for Friday, specifically, because mm-hmm. the other days did not win this. Mm. Um, Atlanta won the mute con, The mute con, The mute. The, the mute, mute challenge. challenge. Mm-hmm. Why would I say contest? Why would I ruin it? Close like, enough. No, it close wasn't. Enough. But Atlanta won the mute challenge. Um, I did hear it in a little video, but y'all tell me what it was like because y'all were there. Well, it got very quiet. My confusion comes when, why would you have something to say when the music hasn't come back on? Like, I'm just confused. If it, if she says mute, you stay on mute until the song plays again. But I think people have this experience of, oh, we're going to get quiet. Yay, we were quiet. No, that's not the game. That's not the game. That's not the instruction. Simon says mute, so shut up. Until the music come back on. But yeah, we heard a few hollers um, down front. Yeah, I think she holds she holds it for like a half a second longer because it's live. Mm-hmm. So I think people are also thinking they're on the beat. Like, oh. look around, everybody's on you. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah! And it's like, but that's not what's going. It's like, yeah. it's the next Just point. wait. Be quiet. She'll, she's coming. She's coming right back. She's coming right back. She'll, she'll be here right here. But everybody's like, you know, again, they're following the beat because it does happen. I feel like. Because the concert is so good, you get so lost in it. Mm-hmm. I can see how you could be like, you know, just, and you just jam and you forget you're supposed to be quiet. But this lady beside us, who was holding her phone, recording sideways, so I knew she was a little different. And um, <laughs> and and so she was like, ah! And, and, the guy, and there was uh, two perceivable gay men in front of me. And one of them was like, 
<laughs> it kind of gave like like a little gentle, like a little, you know. But yeah, I've been seeing folks like really, hey, 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 yeah. hey, hush. Touch your neighbor and say neighbor. Listen, <laughs> listen. Yeah. listen. I'm curious to see how Houston um does. I just want to see what he. Oh my Houston gosh. Houston said, um, y'all was cute. What they said, they said y'all y'all got it for now. Ooh. Um, but we not even gonna breathe. <laughs> then LA said <laughs> in LA breathe. she gonna think we die. <laughs> so they're not As it should. They said Atlanta, that was really cute, whatever. Um but, but, we but it, is, it is really cool to hear like that silence in a stadium though. Mm-hmm. Like it is really, really cool. Like, oh shoot, like it's just different, you know? Mm-hmm. But you know, Beyonce is just such a like she's just a history maker, you know. Like she's mm-hmm. done so many things. Whether it was what she did at Coachella, you know what I'm saying. Like so many things that people have not been able to do in the creative space. So I'm always excited to hear about how she just takes it a step further. It's it's those small things that's like, wow, and we get to experience this with you. So yeah, yeah. game changer for real. I definitely would advise if you can to go see it, at least be in the room. Um, yeah, definitely follow suit. I did check while we were there. The seats we were in stayed around the same price. So I don't think we're going to get any lower mm-hmm, okay. than what we got. But um, we we were the most indecisive group of people that whole day trying to figure out whether or not we should get them Me tickets. and Lene FaceTime like 30,000 times. She was okay, so Club Renaissance or right outside Club Renaissance? And we're like, okay, well, Club Renaissance is giving standing room only. And we're probably not going to get there earlier, so we're going to be in the back of the Club Renaissance with no chair. Side note, Melanie brought a little like foldable. Did you guys see it on, on, on? No. So Melanie, her name is Don't Call. Mm, it's Mel Mitch, if you guys Mel know who it is. Mm-hmm. She brought like a collapsible little stool. That's cute. Now, how does she make it in there with that? Praise God. And so I, I guess I guess when it's collapsed, it just looks like a little like circle thing. Mm. And she unravels it, twists it, and was sitting on it. I know and, that's right. In Club Renaissance. I know that's right. Innovate, a genius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah, but yeah. that was how we finally made the decision because we decided that we were going to roll up when she got on stage anyways. And so going in Club Renaissance wasn't even going to make sense because we weren't going to get close enough. We was going to be fighting off people. Um, but I also just want to give that little tidbit. People be lining up hours before to get their club renaissance, like standing room. Um, so if you're not yeah. going to do that, I don't advise you getting a club renaissance unless you're going to wear tennis shoes. Oh, wouldn't let me wear tennis shoes. And never get tennis shoes. Or also, take her shoes off. He also told me that if I ever took my shoes off, he wouldn't know me. And I said, well, you're just going to have to not know we'll me. We'll be strangers. You're just going to have to not know we'll me. We'll be strangers. Because there's going to be a certain <laughs> point in time where my feet are done. I could have taken a kitten with a jean. But otherwise, it just was never going to give a sneaker and it was never going to give shoes off. Mm-hmm. Barefoot and beautiful walking down the street, it just didn't give that. Mm-hmm. Not my lady. I'm country. <laughs> Somebody get you. Somebody collect you. I am Not my woman. Um, country. Period. So the shoes, if, if, and that's what I said to him. I said, if I was regular and people didn't know me, the shoes would be off. I'd be walking with, and I'd be fine with that. Oh, was that a no? You wouldn't? That's fine. That's fine, everybody. My shoes, I believe my shoes were That's off at fine, some everybody. in Mexico. We was in Tulum. I believe I took my shoes off because when Mexico, the feet start hurting. It's different. The feet are hurting. And I know there's someone listening who can empathize with what I got going on. The shoes are not meant for the ladies to walk around hours. Look around, everybody. Yes, they are. Mm, they are. Mm. There's literally those fold-up shoes that we used to have back in the day. They're like flats. Put those in your bag. Stop walking bags around. Bags too small. In the United States, <laughs> bags too small. United you know, the States of America, there will be no barefoot. There's mm. crazy things happening in these streets. I need your feet to never be on these concretes. Oh, last well. thing. 
we were on Martyr walk, drop riding back, and this little kid was trying to sell something or trying to get some money. Oh my! And, God. <laughs> and there was this guy from the boogie down, literally on yeah. a, on a Martyr. He argued with the window for like for two stops. <laughs> Me and never like the the kid's gone. The kid. He kept I'm from the boogie down. I don't get to be, I, we next stop. He don't. I'm from the boogie down. And we're like, hey, hey, hey. You see, you see why I'm not one of those people. Somebody from the boogie down behaves that way. And I put the X up though. I, I be like this. Period. Boogie down me. Uh, what's, <laughs> it was a what lot. Else is going, what, what else is going? All right, guys. So we're gonna be back in just a second. We're gonna take a quick break. Pretty good. No matter how hard it gets, thanks for calling home. We haven't finished yet. We haven't finished yet. All right, everybody, welcome back. We wanted to take a quick break so we could give you a trigger warning for today's conversation. We will be sharing some graphic details um, about childbirth, some actually pretty gruesome details. So please be patient with us as we get through this story. So if you have not heard. I just want to know how I should introduce this. So if so, if you have not heard the story of a recent mother, Jessica Ross, who lost her child um, during childbirth at a hospital in Georgia, she was 20 years old and they are suing River Regional Southern Regional Medical Center in Riverdale, Georgia, because during childbirth, their baby was decapitated. Um, due, due to negligence by the doctor. She was in the process of delivering the baby vaginally when the baby's shoulders got stuck in the vaginal canal and the doctor practiced gross negligence by applying excessive traction, which essentially means that he literally tried to pull the baby out by the head, which is a no-no. Um, after the baby's death, the lawsuit alleges that the hospital then refused to let the couple hold their deceased child and they were only allegedly able to view the body, which was swaddled tightly with the head propped up so they wouldn't be able to see that it wasn't connected. Um, and that's really rough. I'll pause there because there was a lot to share um, in a concentrated format. And when I first read it, I wasn't even comfortable sharing these details. And it's unfortunate that this was such a gruesome situation, but mishaps not even mishaps because that's not even a, a good enough word to explain what goes on here but difficulties and challenges and traumatic events during childbirth happen quite often um, for black women period but especially in Georgia did you guys have any notes before we get into the parents okay so uh the lawsuit was filed in Clayton County, and it alleges that the hospital tried to conceal the manner of death of the baby. Ross and her boyfriend, who is Travion Isaiah Taylor Sr., who's 21, so these are very young parents, attended a news conference where their attorneys said that they had filed a lawsuit against Dr. Tracy St. Julian, um, who was the doctor who was, delivering, who was delivering their baby on July 9th. Excuse me. To be more specific about what happened... Oh, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to go over the. That again. I do want to, um, because I know we're given so much, like, information. I do want to say something in the middle of that. Okay. Um, 
because for anybody who's listening, you know, after the the trigger warning, I know you're probably still triggered um, if that has affected you. This baby was carried to full term. Mm -hmm. And as you're saying it, like, yes, I understand the science of the fact that, you know, this baby is no longer with us and died a very traumatic death. But in my brain, all I can think about is, you know, I think about my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I think about um, every moment from, so I still have, this is probably gross, but I, I keep things. Um, I still have the the pregnancy test mm -hmm. that told me that I was going to be having a baby and it was pink. And I remember in that moment knowing like, I'm going to have a girl. Mm. I'm going to have a girl. And I, my pregnancy was just so, there's so many moments that happened in there from friendships to baby showers to um, learning to calm down. Like there's so much that happens in a pregnancy. And the last day my baby had to stay in the NICU and I had to leave with an empty car seat. And I felt like I would die. Mm. I felt like I was just not going to like it was just too much for me mm. i cannot imagine and my heart like my whole heart goes out to this mother this father what in the actual yeah. i like what i can't imagine I can't imagine me any person in that room, but it's especially the parents. And honestly, when we got this pitch to talk about this, the of course, the actual act of trying to pull the baby out is horrible. It is gruesome. It is something that no one in that room will ever be able to get over and for different reasons. But to prop the baby up. You treat that entire experience you treated that baby as if it was not a like a, a human. living human being, a living, mm -hmm. breathing human being. I don't know if this is a racial thing. I don't know if this is just a poor practice thing. But whatever it is, I know that sometimes we have jobs to do. And we're so in like, I'm, I'm just here for another day at work. I'm just here to do my job. That we forget that we are dealing with human beings. Mm -hmm. They said they... This was happening for 10 hours. Yeah. For you to try and like, like what? Go ahead. Well, Dr. Tracy St. Julian is brown. Uh, she's racially ambiguous. I can't tell what she is from her pictures. Um, but as Sim said, she was in labor. Jessica was in labor for about 10 hours and the baby's shoulders got stuck. And the suit claims that she failed to act quickly. And after trying to get the baby out with excessive force, she broke the bones. But this is all, like, without even attempting to get her a C-section. And C-sections aren't always desirable, but there comes a time in the birth when you know, like, that's necessary. I'm not a person who, who knows how to give labor or knows how to bring a baby into this world. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point when the baby's life is in danger like literally that is when a c-section is called for when when birth will will either affect the mother or the child's life um so yes yeah, a lot and we can talk about the case i don't really want to um because it gets into a lot of legal stuff that will not bring this baby back um these parents are old 
they are owed so much that they will never get back, but they need to own the hospital by the time they're done with this. And it's very unfortunate for whoever's going to lose their job behind this, but it is what it is. Like black women are failed. So black women and babies are failed so horribly by systems over and over again, like from inception. That's her. That's a black woman. She looks blacker in that photo. Yeah. So this is a black woman. Yeah. The point of bringing up that she wasn't white was to recognize that the I'm struggling with my words because this is tough to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, the the disparities that affect Black women are not only orchestrated by white people. Mm-hmm. They are carried out by anyone who is a part of the system. And some things that we have gathered today was just to talk about like in Georgia it is actually pretty low on the MBI the maternal maternal vulnerability index which is the first county level national tool to identify where and why moms in the U.S. are vulnerable um, to poor pregnancy outcomes and pregnancy related deaths and Georgia having been graded by what is it the March of Dimes prenatal data mm-hmm. center reporting on Georgia preterm birth infant mortality low risk cesarean births and inadequate prenatal care, they received an F. Hmm. And the further you get out of, or just like right outside the city into rural areas, areas care gets worse and worse for anyone, um, but especially black women. Yeah. I thought that this would be a great opportunity for you to share some of your experiences that we talked about mm-hmm. from your birth. Um, because that was like difficult to hear, like as your friend to know how you were treated, but yeah. Um, and all I could think about is just the moments of where things could have went wrong because I've had two children now and both experiences were traumatic. Um, just recently, my daughter's going to be one this year and I remember when I was having her, it was about two in the morning. I didn't want to be over dramatic because when you're people think that when you have a baby, you just know after that how it's all gonna go. I had a what do you call that? Um, what do you call the thing that they give you? Epidural. Epidural. Yeah, I had that for my first child, so I didn't experience all of the water breaking. I couldn't feel my body when mm-hmm. that happened. So this baby. I wasn't sure how it was all going to happen. Like, is my water going to break? Am I going to feel this? Am I going to feel that? And so when I started getting contractions at 2 in the morning, I called my doctor. She said, head over to the hospital. I'm going to head over there now. Um, I'll meet you there. I got there. My doctor was not there. And very long story short, um, I was in a lot of pain, and it was mostly just me and O in the room by ourselves. We had one nurse come in. I told her I wanted to do an epidural. Um, she gave me pain medication. We, she gave me fentanyl, um, which we found is, it's a normal drug to take. Um, it's safe for when you're in labor. Um, and she left the room for maybe like 45 minutes to an hour. By the time she came back, my water broke. Um, the baby was coming out and there was no medical professionals in the room. And it was probably the scariest thing in the world because I'm like, 
does the baby just shoot out? Is the ba- is she going to have the support she needs to come out? Like, there's literally nobody here but me and O. And this baby is literally, like, I can feel her little shoulders right there at, you know, my, 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 my goody parts. And so... I was really, really scared. Oh, held my hand the entire time. And by the time the doctors did come in and the re- the rest of the medical staff came in, my baby literally shot out and the doctor caught her. Mm. Like, that's how quickly everything happened. And I remember there was so many other things that went wrong and I eventually had to speak to management. I had to speak to the hospital staff about what my experience was like and the director sat me down and I remember her saying to me like I am so deeply sorry Mm. and it's so sad that a lot of the things that happen in these rooms the people who are supposed to be supervising these experiences are not privy to because they have complete trust in their staff that you are going to do the you've been you know you're going to take this seriously you're going to treat every single patient the way that you would want to be treated one of your loved ones would want to be treated but that is not the case um and not to drag it on but I also remember when I had my son I had to induce labor because I was over my due date and I remember being in a room for like over 12 hours and when even though I couldn't feel what was happening to me because my legs were numb and my lower body was numb I remember telling the nurse like I don't feel good I think something is happening and she's like you're fine you're not gonna get you're not gonna go into labor for another whatever I'm like I don't know like I just really if you could just check like I don't mean to be difficult if you could just check when this lady checked my baby's head was out of me and I was bleeding you know it's like this is not this is not a one-off thing if you ask most women most black women who have been in labor and gone to hospitals they will tell you oh yeah I was left alone oh yeah I was in pain and they told me you know don't worry about it oh yeah I, I didn't know what was going on it's crazy yeah the CDC says that um, more than 80% of pregnancy related deaths in the US are preventable um, it's a recognizing urgent. That- Recognizing urgent maternal warning signs, um, providing timely treatment, and delivering respectful quality care can prevent mm. prevent many uh, pregnancy-related deaths. And so that black women are three times more likely to die from a pregnancy-related cause than white women. Um, and to your point, it seems like there's this, and to your point as well, uh, Lene, like there seems to be this like systemic arch mm-hmm. that's happening of like, to your point of black women being really strong and like, yeah, like, you know, you're just, you're good. You're good. Like, relax, girl. It'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Opposed to like other races, you kind of be on a little bit fragile. more. Fragile. Yeah. And I think that kind of fra- that fragility plays a big part in not just, not, not just quality care, but timely care. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about scenarios where you have to make quick decisions. And that's what it is. Um, further down in the notes, we're talking about how like socioeconomic status doesn't save you from these things as well. Mm-hmm. We were saying that Serena Williams and Beyonce both have emergency C-sections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like, it's kind of your job to make sure that this person gets his baby out of that cooch. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's just a very, I don't know, I guess, I guess I think also the little piece of this too, kind of like with abortion laws, I think we look at babies sometimes as like not people, mm. you know what I mean? But this is a true human being. And so like, a human being just just died yeah you know what i'm saying and so i think like it's a significant thing whether they you know had a viable life already whether they did all the things that the 80 years could do they had a chance at li- life 
and it was taken away from by negligence or by whatever the, it looks like. And I think paying closer attention is necessary. It's just it's alarming reading these statistics. Like, whoa, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, this that is- all y'all got to do is care. And to your point, or just like reinvoking abortion into the conversation. You know, there are states all around us that have made it completely illegal. And here in Georgia, abortion is banned at six weeks and later, which is often too late. Um, But we are being forced to have babies in these conditions in a place that is not safe for us to have babies. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like it's the anxiety and it's also as you said, like the fact that having money does not save you. So it's not even a you need to be better at a better place in life to take care of a child to have the resources that you need because like you said serena and beyonce had to have these emergency c-sections but also imagine serena and beyonce it's not just the fact that oh even they had to have emergency c-sections imagine all of the resources that they have at their disposal doulas whether it's uh care whether it's like a person who comes to their house to do the breathing exercises but all these people in the rooms in case of emergency but still have to go into these situations because childbirth i'm i'm astounded that people just used to do it in their beds Mm -hmm. like back in the day like not even to be funny like i'm astounded what it has become and also the fact that here in america i i know specifically here in america i don't know any other countries that do it differently specifically but the way we have women lay to give birth is not even conducive for the body Mm -hmm. like you're not supposed to lay on your back and get and push you're supposed to be like standing up standing up and or kneeling and squatting Mm -hmm. over for the baby to come out healthily and they and they they don't do that so even when i think about myself like you already have kids someone who doesn't have kids there is a lot of anxiety about how will i go about making decisions for the health of myself and my child do i want to do a home birth do i want to do an epidural well i heard and then just knowing so many different women's pregnancies everybody's body is different and so people's pregnancies will be different but also there's such a lack of custom across the board in caring for women mm-hmm. that all these different outcomes come because a doctor failed to do one thing at a time um so this is oh, it breaks my heart like it really breaks my heart it's already difficult for me to talk about things related to this because of past traumas of my own but it is horrible for anyone, I think, to hear about what happened to this mother and her baby. Mm-hmm. Like, that's beyond negligence. That is, and and playing devil's advocate, my heart also goes out to, to the physician who did this because someone who has tasked themselves with bringing life into the world must feel destroyed by this. But to have taken part in something that resulted in this baby being mutilated in a way that is unheard of if it's if it's common it's not talked about is a really sobering thing to happen for us to engage more in this conversation and what also breaks my heart is that i don't think that it will engage conversations in rooms that it needs to Mm -hmm. i think it's embedded i think a lot of bias is embedded you know i even think about people who are in the lgbtq plus community giving birth Mm -hmm. and what their experience Mm -hmm. is like and Mm -hmm. then here it says uh, over half of the people a reported less than quality experience with pregnancy, birth, and postpartum care. But I can imagine, like, you know, a trans yeah. man giving birth and feeling so uncomfortable or, yeah. you know, what that looks like. Discrimination. For sure. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just a very interesting space to then add your bias to an environment that has that, that you have one task. 
Correct. Like your task isn't to affirm the relationship that's happening here. Your task isn't to affirm their identity, their orientation. None of that. Your task is to get this baby up out of there safely. Mm-hmm. Well, it's two tasks, and <laughs> also keep the deliverer alive mm-hmm. and and calm because this is scary. Um, you said something about a doula, and I want to speak about that really quickly because I don't think a lot of people have this information. The world is changing and the way that we do things are changing. Our access to things are changing. When I was having my daughter, I asked the doctors if I would be able to do a home birth and if my insurance would be able to cover it. And what she said to me was, if you are passing, if you are not a high risk pregnancy, then you do have the options to hire a team. And essentially it costs the same amount. I was going to say that. Yeah. As it would, you know, mm -hmm. to go to the hospital. How much was your bill? $38,000. Oh, wait. The, we'll go back. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. 38 That was a bill for what? To give birth? To give birth for the time spent in the NICU. I think there may have been some additional because of NICU time. But, yeah. Wait, that Most was, births that was cost... what you paid or that's how much it was? That's how much it was. How much did you pay? My insurance covered it. That's the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. But the, um, what was I going to say? On average, I want to say to give birth costs between thirty-eight to sixty-four thousand dollars in America. If you don't have insurance and you and you give birth, what happens? You get a bill, and you will be in debt usually. But there are a lot of hospitals that (laughs) don't check. Well, will allow you to like if you are there and you are giving labor, they won't turn you away. But you do have to sign something saying that you won't owe this bill after this is all said and done. And I mean, <sighs> healthcare should be free. It yeah. should. I just think that it's so interesting that it, uh, who allowed it to not be free? This is a very interesting thing to me. The healthcare is not free. And you know, we but should investigate free. that. Not even trying to be funny, but like school is free, right? Like, because you have to get an education to exist in this world, mm-hmm. but you also need healthcare to exist to in exist. this world. Yeah. So it's interesting that one is free or have, have the option of being, you go to private school, charter schools, or things, but there's no like option. Of maybe, maybe you get like baseline care. Like, everybody mm-hmm. gets like, you know. And then you want to get, like, you know what I'm saying, some cosmetic joints, whatever it looks like, fine. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have heard that in other countries, healthcare is slower because it is free. Mm. Um, and what that means, I can't tell you right now. I get that, okay. Um, but, like, getting access to things, maybe even getting appointments, so because it is free, it's not so on demand Fair. as it would be with people paying for it. Um, and to your point about the doula, depending on your healthcare insurance, yes, determine how much you pay for a birth, but also just there, not only should you do research on how much a doula costs, but there is also, there are also programs that pay for doula services for people who cannot afford it. Mm. And for a hospital to charge me, number one, doulas have other options as well. Like you have someone to work with you throughout the duration of your pregnancy, which is a separate fee, but like for just a birth, it's between five hundred and twenty five hundred dollars, depending on your area, and it could be more depending on who they who they birth babies for, you know. But there are options that you should definitely look into. And if if I'm gonna get a bill that charges me four thousand dollars to hold my baby mm-hmm. for skin to skin contact, mm-hmm. I'm choosing the doula mm-hmm. all day long. I'm choosing the doula all day long. Me myself and, and I. Speaking of choosing to, like I just also want to put the information out there that 
you can choose who you decide to go to for medical support during your pregnancy. If you go to a facility and you don't feel heard, you don't feel taken care of, you don't feel valued, it's not going to get better once you get into the delivery room. Mm -hmm. Prenatal care is so important. It's everything. And I remember the crazy thing is the woman who delivered my baby, I said I did not want her to deliver my child. Mm. And the reason why is because she was very nonchalant. And I don't, I just don't get it. Like, why do y'all keep, you know what I'm saying? I get it. Money, money has to be made. You know, y'all got bills. I get it. But it just really like, there has to be a different protocol of who is able to get these positions. Because we need people in these positions that actually care about people and the thing that they are doing. This woman, my feet, I looked, my feet looked insane. I don't know if you remember. My feet were swollen, like to the like, I couldn't fit my shoes. Mm. And that is usually a sign of preeclampsia, which means that you could have toxins in your body that could cause you to have complications during delivery. And so I had to be on bed rest. I had to keep my feet up and all of that type of stuff. And I had to do a test to see whether or not I had preeclampsia. And I remember her just being so nonchalant, like, well, yeah, you know, it's not, if you have it, we'll let you know if you don't. And I'm like, okay, but wait, what does this mean to the safety of my baby? Can this affect it? Well, sometimes again, sometimes, you know. And I'm just like, no, this is this is my seed. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't just have a whatever. And that same energy that she had during that time is the same energy that she had in the delivery room. Even, not to be graphic, even when she was sewing me up. The um Obi was like, so when you what? When she was sewing me up, the um anis- what do you call it? Anis- anesthesia. Anesthesia. The anesthesia wore off. Mm. And I could feel As you were getting sewn? Correct. <sighs> and I could feel the needle and I was like, uh uh I couldn't even hardly speak. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Oh. I can feel it. And she was like, It's okay, I only got a couple more to go. What? Obi was saying he would have beat her up and I should have beat her up. Oh my God. But it's that same kind of disregard. Like, girl, you fine. You get a little, you could get a couple more pokes. It's my mother. And I'm I'm sorry, you guys. Like, I can't say, I can't tell you when we're going to let up on the gory details, but it is what it is. My mother recently shared with me more details about my birth. Um, Number one, she was in the military and it is the most insane thing to me. I knew, I knew when she had my um, younger brother that she had scarring, um, scar tissue that had not healed from being pregnant with me. Me and my Mm. brothers are eight years apart. Mm. And it was because of the way she was sewn up. Mm -hmm. Um, She could not ever have a natural birth again because of the way they sewed her up. So she had to get C-sections each time. And the only reason she got a C-section the first time is because during that year, 1995, during that period that she was pregnant, they were requiring military doctors to learn how to do C-sections. And so they essentially set you up, like waited, waited for you to be in the conditions to have a C-section to really treat you mm. um, because they were pushing for that type of training. And so <laughs> I remember, I don't remember, I wasn't there. But she told me that she remembers specifically that after being put through that trauma that she didn't really have to be put through to have me, they didn't even have the decency to clean her up. And some white woman who was like an officer in the military, and I think she must have been a doctor or something, she came in and like tended to my mother. Mm. 
she said, let me help you because they didn't. And it's just so nasty and it, and it makes me emotional because it, it seems like a thing that we say just because we're proud of being black. It seems like a thing that we say just because we have honor about ourselves as black women, but we are, we are givers in this world so much is already taken from us, some, so much is already done to us, and for us to be treated like scraps in the midst of performing the, one of the miracles on earth that is giving, bringing forth life into this world, the way we are trifled with and trampled over is disgusting to me and it breaks my heart. And yes, like I'm talking about black women in this instance, but like people who give birth we are, we, are, we are doing something that's so sacred that no one else on this planet can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Treat it well in this, in this political climate where you care so much about the baby. Do something about this maternal vulnerability index. Yeah. These are things that are so frustrating because you on your high horse flapping your gums about what somebody should or shouldn't be able to do with their body, what something that is something that you consider to be murder, y'all be making people wish they were dead. Mm. Y'all be putting people through things that are much worse to live with. And that's an extreme thing to say, but it's also a fact. Like this family is never going to be the same. Yeah. People already experience post-traumatic, I'm not post-traumatic, but um, what's the P word? Postpartum. Postpartum depression. (sighs) Y'all got to do better about people who have babies, man. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if there's any, like, sensitivity training that goes into... Can't be. You know what I mean? Like, do we have a a psychology course? Is there, like, a... It needs to be. A racial unbiased... Like, is there something that, like, teaches you how to care for the individual in the midst of giving them, you know, health care. You know what I mean? There really has to be, like, even the way that your facial expressions are, mm-hmm. even trying to ask someone questions to see what their comfort levels are, paying attention to, is this patient a battered woman? You know, it's just, y'all really come in a room and just fill out y'all check, y'all, um, what do you call that? Their little board that they be writing on? Like, they just, like, fill that stuff out, go through the checklist, and that's it. What advice would you give to a woman or to a person in general who's having about to give birth and have to find a doctor? Like, is how do you have any advice about going about looking for what they're looking for? I would definitely say go to more than one OBGYN because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You could think that mm. an experience is normal and you're mm. being overly sensitive yep. when really you're not being treated well. So go to more than one in your early stages to see what feels good and also research doulas you know even if it's just having a doula there because now you've hired somebody who whose priority is to make sure that you're okay how is your breathing how is your eating how are your emotions how is your wellness like research that area so you can have someone that has your back because even having a doula present whether you're going to the hospital or whether you're doing something at home it really makes a difference because quiet is kept a lot of times your partner may not know how to be there for you in that way and again you may not know what you should be looking for when you go to these OBGYNs having a doula ensures that you have someone that is versed in that field that can just make sure that you're you're being treated well and you're okay. And it's hard to say because there's a lot of people who are pregnant 
who don't have the resources to even look yeah. up where OBGYN is. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're of course speaking in a place of privilege, um, but I do think it is so important for you to, like Sim said, just not stop at the first place that you go, maybe not even stop at the second, but just there's such a wealth of knowledge. The people on TikTok, the midwives on TikTok are, are shelling out information that can help you make more informed decisions. With the doula situation, there are so many different uses of one. You can literally get consultations and just ask questions mm -hmm. if you need to do things like that. There are community centers. Um, Planned Parenthood has resources for you to figure out what's next for you, what's best for you, should you want to keep the babies. And I was just in here thinking about the conversation about cultural competence and, and caring for people. And it's just so, it's also more infuriating when you think about just reciprocation, because to think about it as just a thing, like, yes, I should treat this person like a person. I should be a little bit more knowledgeable about this person's cultural experience and the ways. There are, there are, also, <laughs> there are also cultural experiences that were created by systemic injustice. Mm -hmm. The only reason black women are 2.6 times as likely to die in childbirth as white women is because y'all don't care about black women in the birthing room. And it's nuts because black women have cared about you in birthing rooms since we've been mm -hmm. here. You have literally selected older black women on plantations because you know they have, they have history and experience and, and bringing babies into this world safely for hundreds of years. Yeah. yeah. And they make sure you get here safe. They make sure your children are taken care of and y'all can't reciprocate that. And that's nuts to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of facts and figures in here, but it's, it's so close to home. It's so close to home. I just really, anybody that is listening to this, if you are a person who is giving birth, who is thinking about giving birth, um, I just want you to know that you're not being overdramatic about anything that you feel because carrying a life is crazy. Mm -hmm. Carrying a life is insane. There's so many things that you may not even be able to articulate. If you don't feel good, you don't feel good. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If your spirit just don't vibe with it, your spirit just don't vibe with it. If you're not happy, you're not happy. And you're entitled to feeling how you feel. And you're entitled to speaking up for your wellness and your, your well-being. Um, yeah, I think, I think as you say the word, because I hate the word dramatic, like outside of the context of theater, I hate that word. Mm -hmm. And I usually get into a lot of arguments about that word. Mm -hmm. Just because I think dramatic implies that you know my capacity and you don't. Um, and so I just always resented the word. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? If I stub my toe and I'm hollering, that could be my pain threshold. Just because when you stub your toe doesn't mean you didn't holler, that has nothing to do with me. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't tell you that, right? And so I think this starts on so many other levels. Because we don't, as you're talking, I'm thinking how we don't affirm people's pain from birth, like from like from like being in this world, from kids, you're fine. Like those kind of things transcend into adulthood and, and contribute to how we treat adults the way we do. Because mm -hmm. I don't think we ever get used to affirming people's experience of themselves in general. Which throughout society has so many things at the at like the ground level to do before we can even make it to the top level. Because again, we don't affirm people's experience in this world. We don't affirm people's identity in this world, their orientation. Um, um, again, their capacity to feel pain or pleasure. Like, we just don't affirm that in a really real way. And I think we tend to have a really tough problem with autonomy as well, mm -hmm. right? Like, your experience is separate from mine, and that is okay. Correct. And I think a lot of people are not okay with that fact. 
You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of us also, again, unfairly compare our reality to others. Mm-hmm. Again, it didn't hurt you. That's fine. I'm not you though, sister. What's not clicking? I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm also not interested in what did or didn't hurt you. I'm telling you that sure. I'm hurt. And that's the bottom line. And so to me, it's more about attacking hurt more than it's attacking the comparison. Because you know, if I'm hurt, if I am hurt, and you affirm that this one needs to happen, it's not for you to qualify my hurt or qualify my discomfort. I'm saying I'm uncomfortable, mm-hmm. bar none. And for women, people who are giving birth, um, included, I think people need to get in the habit of affirming people's experience of themselves. Yeah, I agree. Because you don't have it. What are we doing? I'm not arguing with you about whether or not I'm, I'm hurt. What, that, that sounds insane. That sounds ridiculous because <laughs> there's other things that I got to focus on, like the fact that I'm hurt. And you said something to me. You okay. said something to me like in a completely different context, but it, it applies. And you said that I was having a conversation with him about business, so mm-hmm. brief aside. And I told her, I said, I kept coming in the conversation saying, well, I know there's certain things that I don't know, but really trying to advocate for how I felt but trying to also make space for the fact that I was ignorant to things. And she said, white men don't do that. White men don't go in rooms talking about what they don't know. They talk about what they need and um, what they need done and how to get it done and when they want it. And um, we do oftentimes, even I heard in the conversation you had with that woman, I think I'm hurt. I don't mean to be a bother, but can you just check? If it's about my baby, I'm bothering you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be a bother. Mm -hmm. Hello, Mm -hmm. I need some help. And like, who like so what so what you gonna know this these people maybe for nine months of your life all everybody's job here is to get my baby out safely so i don't care if you don't like me okay if you think i'm annoying i do care if you use those things and treat me poorly in the delivery room or whenever i need my health care but i'm gonna be extra about my baby i'm gonna be forever be the person to ask too many questions and be like my bad but i'm gonna ask these questions like what is extra though what is too many questions? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, why do we even feel that way? I think it's for That's the problem. us. We, we've been conditioned yep. to yes. exactly. believe there's a threshold for us to push past someone else's comfort. Literally. Or that our existence our is a bother. Yeah. Literally. I remember yeah. being, or even how we're asked questions. I remember like when I go to a doctor and say, like, rate the pain. And I think I'm like almost conditioned to say, I mean, you know, it's yeah. like a, I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna and low key, it's like a 10. I'm like, mm, it's like eight and a half. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> we um so y'all know in very very brief aside um how my best friend she was in the hospital mm-hmm. um and so when I went to go visit her she you know had her bandages for those of you who do not know my my best friend was in a car accident car caught on fire and she was in the burn unit and I remember when it came to her one thing about her she's just a very vocal person um when then doctors ask what's your pain it's out of ten. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they left, yeah, girl. So I was blah, 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 and I'm like, Ashley. She's like, they don't care. So it's at a ten for sure. Mm-hmm. And when it's time for my medication, I need it now, not later. And when it's time for my lunch, I need it now. And did you order my dinner? And did you? And I respected that so much because you're right. Like we in that moment, it's not. Am I a bother? I'm a patient. Mm-hmm. And my insurance or my money or whatever is gonna pay for this. I need it now. And it's just something about saying, I don't, you came to work. This is your job. And it's not, and I'm in a hospital. I'm not at the Four Seasons. I need, this is my only, if I don't leave with this life, I don't leave. Mm. Oof. So. And that's so consistent with our experience. 
I remember this is such a side and such like a smaller version of this thing. But I remember this. Uh, I was in fourth grade. <laughs> praise <laughs> God. And there was a rule that you could not actually go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm that. sorry. I wasn't fourth grade. I was in the fifth grade. I was, I was in I was, it had to be middle school. I was in sixth grade. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Because you had seven minutes during locker transition mm-hmm. to where in that seven minutes you had to transition to get your locker, get the notebooks for your next class, and also use the bathroom if you had to. But my parents, again, my parents are very different. But one thing they got right, they say, if you got to pee, you go pee. Period. And so it never gave permission. If you got to pee, you get your black ass to fuck up and you go pee. So I raised my hand. I asked her, can I go pee? She said, no. I said, I really have to pee. She said, no. I grabbed my little things and I went through the bathroom. Yeah. So I come back in. She's like, get out of my class. You just read me. Da, 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 da. I was fine. So I'm, I'm calling your parents. I said, that's fine because they've already told me what type of time it is. However, there was a girl named, oh, I can't say her name. Sorry, girl. There was a girl mm-hmm. in the civic class who peed on herself mm. because the teacher said, do not ask to go. Mm. And I, you know, you know those kids who, you know, we're very like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am kind of kids. Mm-hmm. She's one of those kind of kids. And she is literally peeing on herself. And the teacher gets mad at her. Why are you peeing on the? But homegirl told you she had to pee. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, and I said to say, it's all casual until a person yeah. passes out, until yeah. they're bleeding out, until they have all this stuff going on. But they told you in the beginning, I'm yeah. uncomfortable. And now you're at, you're gaslighting them or making them feel bad about the ramifications of being uncomfortable. When they told you on the front end, I was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. So I should, I should if it's a seven, I should be able to say it's a seven and still have treatment. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to lie and say it's a 10 Correct. to be cared for. Mm-hmm. But I think it's across the board for marginalized people that to say it's bigger than what it is to hopefully get a piece of some care. Because the moment mm-hmm. you leave any room for them to not care just even a little bit, oh, they're going to use up all of that space. Damn. And I think it's crazy how that happens in so many genres. I, ooh. <laughs> like me competing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, I, if I said I just want to train her real quick, you would give me training real quick tease. Mm-hmm. But now I'm competing. Now you want to prepare for the show. You got me diet. You got this. If I was going go there and say, I just want to get a better body. Oh, cool. Okay. Do some push-ups and some sit-ups over there in the corner. And I've seen trainers who did serious be getting most lackluster workouts because they ain't that deep. But again, it's like for so many people, especially, especially marginalized people, especially black people, we've had to historically like lose our minds. Or on the reverse of that, act so tough in the face of adversity. Yeah. Which is even a bigger trope, right? They have to be like, I'm okay when you know you're not okay. And all that is so problematic to our existence, to our comfort. And almost, and my friend asked me, I'll, I'll be quiet to this. My friend asked me, my homegirl has a bag line, um, and she, on the bag she writes different phrases. And one of the phrases says, No one cares, work harder. And I internalized that, and it kind of used to give me fuel. And so I told my friends, like, yeah, I'm just, I mean, no one cares. I work harder. Like, no one cares about your CSUs, da, 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 da. And he goes, but do you care? Mm-mm. And I was like, hmm, like, do I care about my well-being? I know nobody else probably, I mean, businesses don't care, company don't mm-hmm. care, job don't care. But I think I even internalized the fact that maybe I don't even care anymore either. I'm treating myself like they treat me because I've internalized that experience for myself, right? Like, yeah. I know the job don't care if I'm, if I'm sick or well. Neither do I. So I am sick, but I'm going to still go to this job because they don't care if I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Internalized, I don't care if I'm sick. So who cares if I'm sick? Got it, nobody. Mm-hmm. And in the world where no one's going to give you a, a piece of grace, so if I don't care, y'all don't care, I'm not getting no care. Um, <laughs> I don't got no good segues for none of this, but... Praise God. The crazy thing about... So many crazy things about this. What's also wild is while we're talking about adequate health care and people doing their jobs well, apparently Dr. Julian, Dr. St. Julian, um, has 
been in this thing for over 26 years Mm -hmm. and regarded as an expert in women's health and prenatal care. Um, Oh, yeah. Mm. Finish reading the thing, Renee. No, I, I don't have no excuses to make. Somebody is at fault and someone should be held accountable and that person is the doctor. Never cut corners is all I can say is if even if you're the best at whatever the hell there is never a day when you should be cutting corners especially when it's about giving life and there are so many additional um facts that you guys are going to have to read yourself because i can't um or just don't want to there's already been enough share but if you want to read all about this you can but what i will share is that while this doctor may have been a great doctor and had a horrible horrific day What remains true is that these people did not value the mother or the child at all Mm -hmm. Um, because after all this took place on the 9th, this family was was pressed to to try to cover it up. They even wanted these people to cremate their baby so they wouldn't have to see what it was what it looked like they didn't want them to get an autopsy because they didn't want them to discover how the baby died like they really tried to cover this up and put like how can you how can you try to usher home a mother that never got to meet their child go back say it slow like i'm like i'm slow what they the staff tried Uh to talk the couple out of getting an autopsy of the child they also tried to convince them to cremate the body so that there would be no evidence of what they did. And when you said the thing, That's I'm going to say this and then I'm going to shut up. Mm-hmm. When you said the thing about 26 years, I had read that too. But I'm a, you know, one of my favorite quotes is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. Ain't no you 26 years an expert and then the next day you yanking babies out of people. It doesn't, that doesn't add up. It's just that it caught up mm-hmm. today. <laughs> And now we have the evidence and information. But the fact that you so comfortably, it would be one thing, sis, if this happened and it was a traumatic, horrible thing and you felt immense remorse. I am so sorry. What can I do? How can I make you feel comfortable? I can't believe what whatever it is. Like, I'm ready to give up my license at this point because 26 years of just doing this to the best of my ability and I have so egregiously failed you how can I be of service to you? The fact that it was the opposite and it was jumped to cover my ass. How can I hurry up and cover this up so I can keep doing what I've been doing for 26 years and keep doing what you're doing is nuts. Hang it up, hang it up after that. But that's the gotcha, gotcha of living in a world of majorities. My dad used to always talk to me about that. Like if, you know, 10% happens a fatal fatality until that 10% is your brother, your cousin, your mama, your daddy. Now that 10% matters. And we always mm-hmm. act like, oh, only it's only a whatever non-success rate until it's my child. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. make it happen, sweetheart. I don't, I, if it's one, cool, but who cares? But that one was mine. Mm-hmm. Correct. So I don't need to be no one. Mm-hmm. I, need, I, I need you to make it happen, baby. And I get it, you know, whatever. And to your point, I get that things... You know, it happened. I'm not even gonna like like necessarily downplay her 26 years or whatever. You know, fine. I do think there has to be some sort of. I don't know if this is ageist or not, but I'll say it out loud. I, there has to be some sort of like I don't know what the protocol is for making sure you are still as good as you once were in a, in a craft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because 26 years is a lot of years. I could see 
maybe after 26 years you feel a little more relaxed in your abilities right like i don't have to necessarily keep up with the thing i know i'm doing i can do this in my sleep vibe so you may be a little bit less inclined as or less whatever meticulous as you were when you first started in the career path right so i wonder what that looks like to keep people on their toes but again it goes back to taking things very seriously man i think right. we just be you know we get co- we get comfortable with these very very like um, like uh, lack statistics as long as less than 10% then we're fine you know as long as but again the 10% is somebody's child mm-hmm. and also 26 years ago the girls who were giving birth are not the girls who are giving birth today and therefore there also has to be a renewal of understanding who you are dealing with and how to deal with them what are the different technologies what are the different ways that people's bodies are reacting to the different processes there are so many things and i don't know if there is a continuing education system or operations that exist in these fields so that we are making sure that we are taking care of the people of today and we are not just sitting in our comfort of yesterday that needs to happen i don't think there's accountability though for doctors in that way. I agree. I think a lot of us just kind of yeah. take it on the chin. I remember even me being a gay man. Everybody asked the question, oh, what's your sexuality? I think this is a whole this commentary. Why are you asking me questions like this, my dude? Like, I don't I don't care. But I think, again, like, your bias exists here. And why does it exist here? Like, how is it? There, where is there room in the medical field for your bias? Correct. There yeah. just isn't any space for it. But why is that here? Yeah. I, I honestly don't really care. I want you to make me feel comfortable like a very, 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 like, joyous stranger. Cause that's what you are to me—a very joyous, a very kind stranger. Stop, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Don't give me the like, oh, you little uh, sweetie. <laughs> Make sure I'm good. This is the time of your life. You I deal was, with all that other stuff in the hallway. I was just rewatching Pose, and there's that um, scene where the in the first season where what's that man name? The white boy who be in all of Ryan Murphy stuff. Okay, Can't anyways, um, there was a white man who was mm-hmm. married and also dating a trans woman, and the wife found out, so she went to the oh, doctor. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyways, so she said, hey, can I have an HIV test? He said, oh, girl, you in a heterosexual relationship, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, but can I just check? Girl, da-da-da-da-da-da. And she asked, just give me the test is what she said. He said, who stepped out? You're still not testing me. You're still asking me all these questions, but the medical professional was just so set in their biased beliefs about a thing that they refuse to offer care to someone. And that can be applied to so many different people in different positions because to the point of it not existing for doctors, once they get tenure, once they've been doing something for a very long time, like you see it quite often, younger doctors having spats with older doctors because ways they go about doing certain things are more conservative or liberal or whatever, what have you. There is a lack, I think. I mean, we're saying, and we're all saying these things as people outside of the medical profession, so please, like, correct us if we're wrong. But it does, it, <laughs> the results show that there is something to be seen. Like, we're lacking something in the, in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as updates, as far as cultural competence, as far as like racial awareness training. And this is just one of those things where you jump to the act. Like if your fix is for people to not see color, you're going to fail them every time. Mm. Period. And it can be, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of like that whole, I don't know. Just give me the care that I came here for. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it either way. Cause even for me, I, I never get the like, and most of the time, say, you look healthy, so I, I don't have to run this test, run that test. Run. I don't care how I look. 
my diet has been garbage. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, now it's decent. But back in the day, I looked, when I looked my most physically fit, I was eating burgers, fries, nachos. My diet was garbage. But again, you're seeing a fit person in your face. And you, and there's also this assumption that I'm probably, I probably want to get out of here quickly. Mm -hmm. I probably don't want to be here. I'm possibly afraid of needles and the things. But again, give me adequate care, buddy. I don't care about your projections. Correct. I, don't, I really don't care. Like, oh, you look fit, so I don't have to run this test and run that test and run that test. Like, yes, you do. Run the test. <laughs> I want to know what I got going on. Like, you know, oh, or even likewise to like the same part of my HIV. Like, when people find out I'm gay, that's the first thing they want to test me for. Like the very first thing, like, okay, boom, you're gay. I can say I'm not sexually active. You still want to know if I'm HIV positive. It's like, again, all of these little microaggressions and the things that to me, again, point towards bias, which again, should not be existing in the medical field. Like, why are we, how, how do we get here? Maybe there's some like racial things that make certain medical things more heightened than black people, right? Maybe we're more liable to get this, more liable to get that, fine, one thing. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you having a social bias is insane. I'm interested in hearing from medical professionals after this episode. I'm interested in, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm interested in hearing from, from being behind the closed doors. And I don't expect y'all to say everything, but what are some things that you recognize can be done? What is, what are y'all doing to make a change? We've been talking about this for so long. Mm -hmm. This is nothing new. We've been seeing, you know, the mortality rate and, and people coming up about their stories. Mm -hmm. What's happening? And if nothing's happening, what are what are things that we can do in our communities to make sure that eighty percent is not the number of lives that could have been prevented from being taken? Because that's insane. Literally. Yeah. Yep. Well, all right, y'all. It was it was a rough one today, but thank you for sticking with us. Um, and we'll see you next week. Peace bye, out. Bye bye. Is there a heart? Is there a heart in the house tonight? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> this is this part for me. <laughs>